0: Good morning, little masters, and welcome back to today's Tolkien Times. I'm the Man of the West, also from the Prancing Pony podcast. Let's get week 21 underway with another Mailbag Monday. Janet writes in, saying that she has a question about the Nazgul. They were mortal men at one time, even though they succumbed to the rings and became wraiths. When the ring was destroyed and Sauron fell, what happened to the Nazgul, she asks. Were they released from their bondage from him? Did the gift of Illuvatar still apply to them? That is a really good question, Janet. So let's go ahead and dive in. Now, to answer this, we have to look at a few things. First, who the Nazgul were originally. Of course, we all know, I think, that the ring wraiths were once mortal men. Second, what are they by the time the ring is destroyed? And then third, are there exceptions to the rule about the fate of men that might apply to the Nazgul? Now, I don't need to spend a lot of time on that first point. The text repeatedly tells us that Sauron gave the Nine to men and quickly held them under their sway. But it is worth taking a moment to figure out when this all happened because it will play a role, I think, in how things take place at the end of their existence. We know that the Nine were given to them sometime after Second Age 1697, as that's the year that Sauron invaded Aregion, slew Celebrimbor, and destroyed the Gwaith-i-Mirdain taking the Nine and the Seven, or the Six, if you buy that story that Celebrimbor gave Durin his ring before Sauron's victory. Now, in the Tale of Years, which is Appendix B to the Lord of the Rings, we read that in SA-2251, about this time the Nazgul, or Ringwraiths, slaves of the Nine Rings, first appear. Now, that's a 550-year span between the time Sauron captured the Nine Rings and the time the Ringwraiths appear. Even the Numenorian men, and three of the nine were said to be great lords of Numenorian race, would not have naturally lived that long. So either A, Sauron took his time identifying his most powerful servants, or B, they'd already begun to be stretched. Now for the sake of argument, let's assume Sauron took about 100 years to find his posse. So these guys are already at least 400 years old when they show up as ringwraiths in Second Age 2251. Plus, however many years old they were when Sauron said hey do you want this ring otherwise they'd just be men in robes right they're wraiths because they've already lived well past their expiration date still though it wouldn't be until second age 3441 nearly 1200 years later when Sauron was defeated by Elendil and Gilgalad at the siege of Barad-dûr we read again in the tale of years that after this Sauron passes away and the ring wraiths go into the shadows now, of course, that's at the end of the Second Age. The One Ring still exists, albeit taken by a Sildor, so they are not destroyed just yet. Fast forward, then, to Third Age 3019 and the destruction of the One Ring. Now, by this point, the Ringwraiths are at least 4,700 years old. Are they still men? What is their nature at this point? Well, Gandalf explains that they are shadows under his great shadow. And that's what he says in Shadow of the Past and that they are not easily destroyed, he explains that in many meetings. Aragorn has some things to say about the Black Riders, but they're equally vague. Now, Perhaps the best description we get of them comes from Of the Rings of Power and the Third Age in the Silmarillion. Men proved easier to ensnare. Those who used the Nine Rings became mighty in their day, kings, sorcerers, and warriors of old. They obtained glory and great wealth, yet it turned to their undoing. They had, as it seemed, unending life, yet life became unendurable to them. They could walk, if they would, unseen by all eyes in this world beneath the sun, and they could see things in worlds invisible to mortal men, but too often they beheld only the phantoms and delusions of Sauron. And one by one, sooner or later, according to their native strength and to the good or evil of their wills in the beginning, They fell under the thraldom of the ring that they bore, and under the domination of the one, which was Sauron's. And they became forever invisible, save to him that wore the ruling ring, and they entered into the realm of shadows. The Nazgul were they, the ringwraiths, the enemy's most terrible servants. Darkness went with them, and they cried with the voices of death. Great passage, but I think it's important that we see that one line, they had as it seemed, unending life. They didn't really, but it seemed that way. Now, after they fell into thraldom, they became forever invisible except to Sauron and entered into the realm of shadows. Now, that's the wraith world that we see Frodo on the fringes of, especially after the witch king stabs him on Weathertop. In other words, these are still men. Time and the dominion of Sauron have not changed the nature of their Faear. They do not have unending life but they have lost all that men would otherwise ordinarily possess, including physical bodies and free will. It is only through the power of the nine rings that the ringwraiths exist on Arda. Otherwise, they would long ago have perished physically, their souls going where the elves know not. So when the one ring is destroyed in 3019, the enchantment that has kept them in this dead, not dead, but not really alive state is gone. So what happens to them? Oh, quick aside, by the way, it doesn't matter at this point whether the Nazgul hold their own nine rings or whether Sauron does. There is some confusion there. In the Council of Elrond, Gandalf says the nine the Nazgul keep. But I think that's a mistake because we also see Gandalf saying in the Shadow of the Past that the nine he has gathered to himself, the seven also, or else they are destroyed. We also have Galadriel telling Frodo that he has seen the eye of him that holds the seven and the nine, And in The Hunt for the Ring and Unfinished Tales, we read that the Nazgul were entirely enslaved to their nine rings, which Sauron now himself held. We can also look at letter 246. Tolkien himself says that Sauron, through their nine rings, which he held, had primary control of their wills. So I firmly believe Sauron was holding them, not the Nazgul themselves, but it doesn't really matter. The nine rings are fully dependent on the one, and it's gone. So what next? Well, they're 4,700 years old. They're not going to have the sort of time that Bilbo had where they age naturally and they all of a sudden appear very old. They're gone. The obvious answer is that their Faar, their spirits, are now freed from the dominion of Sauron and their spirits flee Arda for whatever fate awaited them beyond. But let's check real quick to make sure that any exceptions wouldn't apply. There are only two incidents that I can think of besides the Nazgul themselves of men actually sticking around past their expiration date. We've got the dead men of Dunharo, and we have ar army. Now, the latter were mortal men, and foolish ones at that, whose bodies have been trapped in the caves of the Forgotten until the end of time. Fool around and find out, apparently. They're still alive there, which is just... <laughs> awful. <laughs> the dead men of Dunharo, of course, for all intents and purposes, are ghosts. Their bodies are dead. Their spirits have been prevented from leaving Arda because of their oath-breaking. Now, as we've talked about on the Prancing Pony podcast before, only the intervention of Iluvatar himself, called upon as the ultimate enforcer of oaths by Asildur in that case, can cause that or allow that to happen. And only Iluvatar could trap Ar-Farazan's army, keeping their mortal bodies alive for millennia just so they can get their butts kicked at the end of all time. Now, here's the thing. We don't see any intervention by Iluvatar described in the text, and he's the only one who could delay or take away The gift of men, that is to say, mortality. I think it's safe to say that the Nazgul spirits made the long and, well, let's be honest, rather awkward journey to parts unknown, wherever it is that men go. I happen to think it's to the timeless halls and to have a little chat with Iluvatar, in which case, well, the Nine better have some good defense attorneys. Still, whatever Iluvatar has in store for them, it is undoubtedly better than nearly 5,000 years of unwilling thraldom to Sauron. So yeah, the gift of men. Might not be what we'd expect for these nine and the evil that they've committed, but at the end of the day, they were mortal men, they remain men in their nature, and there appears to be no exception applied to them. Well, folks, that wraps it up for Mailbag Monday. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, please email it to Barlaman at theprancingponypodcast.com. Let me know it's for today's Tolkien Times, and I'll get to it as soon as possible, with priority going to patrons of the show, of course. Please visit patreon.com slash Times. To learn how you can support the show, get an ad-free feed, a monthly hangout with me, a bonus weekly episode, and a whole lot more. And finally, join me again tomorrow on today's Tolkien Times for Tolkien Tuesday, as we learn more about the professor himself. If you're watching this on YouTube, please be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications. Please follow or subscribe on your podcast apps, and follow at Tolkien Times on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Finally, as Fadermier says go with the goodwill of all good men.